Hi, I'm Paul Buff, and we're sort of going to do some discussion of some of the new products that we're working on at Policy Buff Incorporated. And welcome to the one-year anniversary edition of LightSource, the official podcast of StudioLighting.net, the website that introduces photographers as portrait and studio lighting equipment and techniques. I'm Bill Crawford, publisher. And I'm Ed Hidden, exclusive photographer and image inspector with iStockphoto.com. One year. Yeah. We got over the hump, so uh, smooth sailing from here, right? We're an official podcast. We made official it through podcast. it a whole year. Podcasting hasn't been around that long, so it's good, too, that we've uh, we've been able to keep it up. Um, That's right, and we're just getting started, so stay tuned. And on today's episode, we have some big, big, big news. I've been waiting to talk about this for, oh my, probably, what, six months now, seven months? We were talking about it earlier. Yeah, about six months ago, you had dropped some little clues to me from some conversations that you had. And we have back our first guest ever from the light source, Paul Buff from Alien Bees. And he's going to be talking about his new products that are going to be coming out. Yeah, Paul Buff is at it again. And Ed and I had a chance to grab an exclusive interview with Paul as he announces a handful of new products on the Alien Bee side as well as I guess it's on the White Lightning side, although uh, there's a little bit of rebranding going on in there as well. I wasn't sure if it was going to be White Lightning or if it was actually going to be a whole a, a third line. Either way, this is an exciting interview for us um, for the anticipation, but also because we really think that the products that Paul's talking about are, are, are somewhat revolutionary. Yeah, it's basically, I mean, it's taking traditional light modifier or traditional lighting equipment that typically runs one to $3,000 and is putting it in photographers' hands for under five. And without giving too much away, uh, I mean, it's no secret that we're fans of the Alien Bees product line to begin with, but I really do think that this product is going to just bring even more customers to Paul and hopefully even more people excited about lighting. Well, should we say what it is now or should we wait for the interview? I think we can make them wait. Okay. Here, I'll give a little bit of a tease. If, if you guys have been listening, back when we were talking about the different types of lighting equipment, we mentioned this lighting product, and I had said that I was thinking about leaning towards a power pack system because I wanted the option to be able to add this to my kit, and that, you know, because I went with mono lights, I wouldn't have that availability to me. Well, I will now. So if I sound excited and jazzed during this interview, it, it's because it's it's a product that I didn't think I would be able to add to my kit well ever really yeah that's the reason we both sound a little bit geeked out and throughout the interview so sit tight and i'm sure that you'll be uh, just as excited once you hear the news yeah rick diaz will be on the edge of his seat <laughs> right <laughs> but before we get to that news photo keen is going on and there are press releases out the wazoo on the internet uh where do we begin uh there's an awful lot of news going on well, i'll tell you what let's start with software all right what do you got well, Adobe Photoshop Lightroom has announced they have a Beta 4 version available, which uh, I installed at work the other day, and I'm still on the fence about it. It's, it seems very, very slow. Really? They said that they had made some speed and efficiency improvements, but... I'm not seeing it, I'll tell you that. <laughs> really? I mean, it could be my computer. My work computer is a little bit older, so I mean, it could be that. And what I need to really do, to be fair, is I need to install it at home here on my system that I use for photo processing and, and actually play with it and give it a shot. I do like some of the interface changes they've made. It's starting to look a little bit more finished, but I still don't feel very productive with it. I'll have to check it out myself. Well, not to be one-upped, Apple also 
increased the uh, version of their product as well, right? Aperture came out this month? Yeah, they have a, a 1.5 release for Aperture. I didn't see too much information about it. I pretty much intentionally ignored it because I don't have an Apple. Right. But the one thing I did see that interests me a lot is that there is now a plug-in for Aperture that allows you to import photos directly into iStock Photo. Really? Yeah, it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So, yeah, it's pretty neat to see that, you know, one of my favorite sites is partnering with um, a big-name company like Apple. Well, somebody's paying attention. Yeah. To be fair, there's a lot of other stock photography websites that offer plugins for Aperture as well. It's more than just the, the iStock one, but that one I saw really interested me. That is cool. Well, apart from software, what other kinds of... Uh products have caught your eye during this week? Well, actually kind of to back up away from that, and this kind of ties into one of the announcements, I do have to apologize to some of the users in the Flickr group with the offer that we talked about with the Extreme 3 card and the Capture 1 software. It turns out that there is a press release that I'm now seeing that says that the offer does not start until October 16th. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I didn't place the order, but, I mean, I would have, and uh, unfortunately, that isn't taking effect. I don't know if it's new. I didn't see the page that had any kind of a date on it, but it, it is have a date now. It's October 16th, so that will be out there then. And kind of along those lines, part of the announcements at Photokina is that Sandisk Extreme 3 cards are going to expand to the 12 and 16 gigabyte capacities. So yeah, it's like the 10 megapixel and, and higher cameras are starting to flood down into the prosumer range. It looks like the media makers are trying to step up as well and not leave people hanging with space. It's definitely an issue. I just had to pick up another 300 gig hard drive because I filled up an older drive <laughs> with photos. So uh, that's a reality. Kind of along the lines of press releases, I got one this week from Lensbaby. They're coming out with the third generation of their Selective Focus SLR lens. It looks kind of interesting. It offers some lens locks so that when you uh, bend it into position, you can actually lock it. So that way you can predictively keep things the way that they were. Like, if you get a shot and you go, ooh, yeah, this is the one that I like, you can actually duplicate the image. Because otherwise you're just using your fingers to keep it still, right? Oh, yeah, completely. So, it, yeah, it's going to be a big thing, I think, for them. And it looks like from the pictures, that it has like these three, almost like an upside-down tripod screw that goes through a collar at the end of it. And you can turn this screw, and it looks like it'll pull the lens either one way or the others. As you're pulling, as you're turning the screw, you're actually pulling the lens slowly in one direction or the other. And then it'll stay locked in place, and you could grab a bunch of photos from that exact placement well that's a that's a really great addition those lens baby guys are always thinking yeah and there's all sorts of other equipment with the photokina so be sure to swing over to studiolighting.net if you want to get your gadget freak on and check out uh, the other news <laughs> well for our one-year anniversary episode we have with us our first guest on the light source, Paul C. Buff from Paul Buff Industries, maker of the Alien B system and White Lightning systems. Paul, thanks for joining us again. Well, we're real happy to be here again. You guys have been doing great. Your show was a very popular one with our listeners. We get tons of comments and highly rated feedback and things like that, and it's it's often quoted that uh, people love the show. So it's uh, well, that's, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. So 
in the last year, you guys have been keeping pretty busy over there at uh, Alien Bees, I hear. Yeah, I've been a designing fool for the last year. I mean, I've been spending every minute of my day designing stuff. One of the things that I've been seeing in a bunch of the forums and rumored on the Internet a bit is a new product that you guys are coming out with. We're actually coming out with, I don't know if I have enough fingers, five or six new products. They're all related <laughs> one another, more or less. Well, can we hear a little bit about what you predict is going to be the next hottest thing in lighting equipment here this well, year? Well, of course, it'll be ours. I mean, <laughs> since I'm the guy talking. But anyhow, yeah, I think we're going to have some real popular product. And we have really a major uh, thrust that we're doing in a couple of directions. And it is really a ring flash product. It's, of course, a studio ring flash. It's not a little macro ring flash that you put on your lens. So it's a studio ring flash, which we are making in two versions. The first version is a self-contained Alien B version, which is a uh, six-inch flash tube in uh, a fairly expanded housing that allows you to connect it to your camera. It has an adjustable camera platform, so you can actually set the ring flash onto your camera and adjust it up and down and in and out and sideways so you can accommodate any camera that you wish, pretty much. And uh, it has a four-inch center opening, which is pretty standard on the studio ring flashes, so it can accommodate medium formats and SLRs and DSLRs even prosumer cameras. And uh, the yeah, LMB version is called the ABR 800. So that designation puts it in the same power class as the LNB 800, which is okay. 320 actual watt seconds. And that is, for most purposes, we feel probably going to be the most exciting of the two products uh, because of the price range and the usability. To go over it real quickly, the whole unit is about 8 inches in diameter, and it's built to be very, very lightweight, as light as I could possibly get it, because most of the uh, ring flashes that are out there, the studio ones, are around 5 pounds or better, and they're not self-contained, and they don't have modeling lights except for one of them. The Alien B version is the heaviest of our two, and it weighs about two and a quarter pounds with wow. the power supply and the whole thing. That is so cool. the design philosophy is really pretty much the same design that I followed with the other products. It's designed to be versatile and usable. And I like lightweight, compact things because uh, people get tired of <laughs> carrying heavy stuff. And of course, with the <laughs> sure. ring flash now, it is designed to be used three different ways. It can be used as a handheld, goes together very easily. And then you have a, uh, a handle on it that gives you counterbalance so you can hold your camera in your right hand and the handle of the ring flash in your left hand and just use it like a point-and-shoot camera. It's very maneuverable. You can cover uh, fashion shots and move around the room with it and, and so forth. That's really exciting. Before you tell us about your other product, just for some of our listeners who may not be familiar, could you just briefly touch on what a ring flash is? Yes, and I'll probably have to expand a bit. Uh, I recognize that you're, this isn't even just a ring flash, so there's an, another question in there. But <laughs> Yeah, we've, we've taken some design directions with it that we feel goes beyond what the world thinks of as a ring flash right now. But to answer the first question, basically your ring flash puts your light in a circle around your lens, so when you point it at something, you have no shadows. It, it wraps the, the object relatively completely in light. Now, anytime you have light falling on a subject, even though it's coming from your lens, you have a very, very soft shadow around the whole thing because you get a, a different light level. You get light coming from two directions or, or actually a whole bunch of directions on your subject. So you have a very, very faint shadow. But basically, for instance, if you go, if you're shooting architecture, 
sexual stuff. And you go in a house and, and you point your camera into a room and shoot a picture, you won't see any shadows on that picture because they, they're all wrapped in light. So that's mm. the basic fundamental use of a ring flash. Now, of course, it's also used a lot by plastic surgeons and dentists and people like that and, and forensic scientists that simply want to absolutely light the subject without interference from shadows and things like that. So that, okay. that's the fundamental purpose of it. But I haven't followed this closely, but I'd say in the last two years, three years, the fashion industry has really started using ring flashes because of the unique sort of look that it gives to the models. And it's not just all about being shadow-free. It creates catch lights in the eyes that are different than you get with other sorts of lighting. Of course, a lot of people are using what they refer to as beauty lighting, where they're attempting to light the subject very evenly from the front and basically eliminate all of the shadows uh, when they have a, a model that can support that. So that's fundamental use. And okay. it's, it's something that's become internationally very desired by the fashion photographers. So we can see how this product then is, is going to really shake up the uh, market a little bit here. You know, we like to think of our market as the 80%, and, and we're not too far from, from that being reality. But I look at the market as I try to create products for the 80%. And by that, I mean I exclude the amateurs at the bottom and I exclude the esoterics at the top. So our products are made for the beginning and working and ordinary photographer, ordinary meaning income levels. You know, we don't worry about the very few at the top that are the superstars of photography. They all want to spend all the money they can on equipment. <laughs> we like to think that in doing that, they're really not getting anything that we're not giving them. They get a few more nuts and bolts and they get you know, some higher, more advanced uh, light modifiers and things like that. But basically, we aim it at the core of photographers. And in doing that, right now, there are five or six vaguely similar ring flashes on the market, none of them self-contained, and only one of them having modeling lights. And they run from about $1,100 to about $3,000. And as I say, they were like two and a half times as heavy. So what's really exciting to most of the users, I think, is the Alien Bees version uh, is a $399 product. And we're a little bit under on that price. We've actually restricted our profit margin to keep that price point to, to be able to bring it to the masses at that price. We wow. really ought to be selling it for about $100 more than that. But we're going to stick with that price for the duration, at least for six, eight, ten months. And we may stick with it forever. But that's a big difference is suddenly this is something that they can get into that they simply couldn't afford to before. Yeah, I, yeah, that's hands down the most common thing that we've heard when we've talked to people about using Ring Flash. I mean, you either have to borrow someone's or you have to be a member of a studio club or something where or you can't get close to one. No, yeah, exactly. And of course, cost-wise, I mean, the prices that I mentioned are simply for the, the flashhead. You still have to have a power supply to go with them. That's, that's typically right. another 1000 to 2000 to $3,000. Yeah, so it's the, until now hasn't been a practical lighting type for the average person, which I think is what you're I've saying. I've always had a, a philosophy uh, in, in doing this type of business that to a lot of people, a product like this is, pardon the word, but an industrial product. And an industrial product, when you design it, you say, okay, Mr. Self, I'm going to design this industrial product, so therefore 
there's not a lot of industrial users, so we will make it out of nuts and bolts. We can't really, you know, design it like Sony would design a TV because there's not that big a market. So what we'll do is we'll put it together expediently, and since we're a real high-reputation company, we'll build it like a tank, and we'll, you know, use lots of nuts and bolts and put the finest of everything in it. And what happens is you end up saying, okay, what we're going to do is make this product to fit this small market, and because of the way we build it, we're going to have to get a high price for it because we're not going right. to sell very many. I take exactly the other approach. I take the approach of if this product were in a certain price range, that would create a large market for it. Now let's design it for that large market. And that's exactly what we've done uh, to the best degree we can throughout our history. It sounds a lot like the IKEA philosophy where they figure out what product they want to make and the style that they want to make it and the price point they want it to fit, and then they make it fit from there. Well, that's exactly right, and uh, since I've been doing this, which we're going on 25 years right now, this market is getting bigger and bigger, and, and it's not a industrial market. It, it's a semi-consumer market, and, and we look at it in that light, and you know, I think we've been correct about it because we've been able to produce a really large number of units, and we, you know, we talk to all of our customers because we're all factory directs, so and we have a lot of customer service girls, and uh, we're real happy with what we're doing because we're kind of the Dell gateway of, of the photo lighting business and the business is getting bigger all the time and we're having a great time doing it. Oh, that's Absolutely. great. So I'm at a loss here because this is just like, it's such an exciting product. Bill and I have been talking about this on some previous shows as well. One of the things that was holding up my purchase of actually getting into an Alien B system was I wasn't sure which way that I wanted to go because I knew that I wanted to do some lighting with Ring Flash. Right. I ended up going with an Alien B system for my studio setup and just kind of said, well, all right, you know, I guess I'm not going to get a chance to, I'll either rent something down the road when I want to use Spring Flash or something like that. I'm amazed that you guys have come to the table and and created this this self-contained unit. Well, you know, there's an aspect of the ring flash that's going to make it more exciting, I think, and and this is something that, that we're doing that has not been done before, if I can touch on this a second. Absolutely. Up to now, the ring flash is this thing that you put around your lens on your camera, and it's a relatively small light source. And they come up with reflectors and things that may expand it out to 12 inches or something like that. But basically, it's generally been a point source light source, which is high contrast. And uh, even though you don't have shadows, it's still hard lighting. It brings out hard details. Uh, You still have shadows in wrinkles and things like that, and it'll bring them out. So what we did is is I visualized the ring flash as also being capable of being a large light source. So we have designed it, and I say we, I'll pat myself in the back, I have designed it, (laughs) where the core of what the ring flash is is a, a light system. So what I'm getting at is it's designed so that it can be made into a much larger softbox style light source. And it's, wow. it's a matter of the geometry of how it's put together, where the flash tube is versus the front and the back and so forth. But to make that story a little shorter, um, our first initial attempt at this is called the 30-inch moon unit. And this moon unit is actually a flat softbox that has a perfectly round face that snaps around this thing, and you you can handhold that with your camera too. So you can stand there and move your camera around and follow a model around and dance or whatever you want with, with this 30-inch <laughs> round softbox. It's perfectly round, wow. and uh, it has a center hole in it that you're looking through, your camera is looking through. Therefore, it becomes a, a round softbox that you're looking through the center of, which is a whole, a whole new look in, in lighting. 
Yeah, this is uh, really interesting. There's a lot of other interesting aspects of this. The whole thing, including the ring flash itself, is only about six inches from front to back. Oh, man. So in addition to forming this, we call it an aim-through softbox, it also becomes a, a conventional softbox that is very, very shallow, so you can hang it overhead. Uh, if, you, if you don't have much overhead Ooh. space, you can hang it on, on a lightweight boom instead of a big giant one and do all these uh, <laughs> softbox effects with this almost totally flat softbox. This is a big That's deal. That's exciting. You've created a whole new uh, a whole new lighting system then, not just a ring flash, but because with the stand you could move this off your camera then too as an option, Absolutely, right? because uh, you know, <laughs> in putting this together, and it's been about a two year development project, but in putting it together, you know, I visualized that not everyone is going to use it all the time as a ring flash because it's so flat and so lightweight. Wow. And with the softbox feature, there's no reason you couldn't equip a studio with two or three of these things and use a couple of them as ordinary lights and one as a ring flash or whatever. Now, That's we are, exciting. I'm uh, in, in the experimental stages right now to see how large I can make this moon unit and still allow it to be maneuverable. And we're thinking 50 to 60 inches. Wow. So, so we're going up to giant moon units that you can still handhold. That's amazing. Uh, and they're inexpensive. The 30-inch moon unit is looking like about a $69 retail price. Wow. And uh, the aspect I like of it, too, though, is it's actually octagonal in shape, somewhat like a flat octobox, but the front of it is masked off so that the light area is perfectly round. And, and I really like that prospect of a perfectly round light source. The catch lights are going to be beautiful. The catch lights will be beautiful. And, of course, if you want to make it something other than round, you can put masking tape and make it square if you want, things like sure. that. Now, also, the ring flash itself has a diffuser panel on the front, which you can use or take off. And that diffuser panel also is a gel holder. So we're selling uh, circular gels. They're like donuts that just snap onto the front mm. of the ring flash if you want to change the skin tones. We're primarily doing warming filters and diffusion filters. But then there is a standard reflector, which is pretty shallow. It's a 10-inch reflector that just concentrates the light forward. And that's a very wide-angle reflector, by the way. It's about an 80-degree reflector, and that's you know really good for architectural work. But that reflector itself is also a grid spot holder. So we have a grid spot system that, again, you're using a grid spot, but you're looking through the center of it. So the that's grid wonderful. spot itself is donut-shaped. And this has all sorts of implications. Um, I'm even thinking of like wedding photographers because of its weight and, and size. It's a reality you could have that and just get really unique wedding portraits and all sorts of things. Well, you know, I don't do that much photography, but in the little bit that I've tested, I, I love it myself because it's a point and shoot light. If that's what you want, if you want to run around, and you want to do a wedding or a house or a party or anything else, you just use it like a point and shoot camera. And it takes a perfect picture every single time. <laughs> That's so cool. Very exciting. Now, and one of the things that I think, you know, being that it's based on the Alien B, it's a mono light. I mean, you could plug it into a wall. So we're, th this is another thing that isn't very common at all in ring lights. In fact, it probably doesn't exist. That you can actually, wherever you have a wall outlet, you can just, you're good Absolutely. to go. Absolutely. And, and the power level um, is more than adequate for mo what most users are using. As a matter of fact, in the Alien Bs, we're over and over, people are buying an Alien B1600 and then calling us up and saying, I need to go down to an 800 or 400 because I just got too much light. <laughs> we yeah, get that. That's... We get that a lot. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, we ran into that the other week when Bill and I were shooting together. I have three AB800s and I'm sitting here going, ugh, I can't get to F2.8. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, that's right. You know, in terms of raw performance, even with this this 80 degree reflector, which again is real wide, it does f16 at 10 feet at ISO 100. So I mean, most people don't need more than that until they go out in the world. They go out in the world and they start shooting big wedding groups and architecture and stuff. Yeah, they need more power. That's really you mentioned cool. before mounting it. I'll touch this real quickly. It, it comes with a, a sort of a triple mounting system. It can mount onto your camera handheld with the support handle and so forth. But it can also, it comes with a swivel bracket just like an Alien B, so you can mount it right on a light stand. And I kind of like it that way too, because when you mount it on a light stand, you still have a platform to set your camera on. So you can put it on an ordinary light stand and aim it at your subject, and then handhold your mm-hmm. camera, take it and stick it in the center, and, and aim it and shoot it, and stick it around the outside if you want to. And wow. the third way is tripod. So it comes with tripod mounting hardware, so you can mount your camera and your ring flash on on a tripod, just like you would your camera alone. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And this all comes with it. So it comes with a little package of uh, accessories that come with it. Now, I've been hearing a lot of questions on some of the forums where people have been asking, is there going to be a white lightning version of this? Yes, there is. That's phase two of this thing. Phase two is um, for the photographers that are doing the architectural work and they're doing the, the high aperture stuff, whatever it might be, the 320 watt seconds isn't enough. They want more power. So we are doing a whole product line called Zeus. And what Zeus is, is a central power pack. We try to not make it like other central power packs. The design philosophy is more of a one pack per head. It's more of a split uh, monoflash concept than a central power pack with a bunch of heads on it. But it does have two head outlets. So it is a two outlet central power pack. It has asymmetrical or symmetrical power distribution. So you can put two heads on it and ratio the power between them. And it is comes in two two sizes, which are 1,250 real watt seconds and 2,500 real watt seconds. So we're getting you know up there with the big boys. And uh, beyond uh, what it is, what it is is fairly standard. It's a central power supply that runs two heads, but it's very compact, very nicely engineered. It comes in a case that has a closing handle on the top and a closing lid. So when you close it up, you got a carry handle, and it's all uh, your controls are inside. And this little compartment puts power cord and sync cord in very lightweight and very inexpensive before i get the price or anything it's not an inexpensive product it is very heavy duty product it has a very hefty internal cooling fan system very good ventilation same capacitors that everybody else uses so it's a high usage product uh, that you know will keep up with any of the other central power packs as for the price it's cheaper than it ought to be but that's what it comes out it's (laughs) 5.99 for the 1,250-watt wow. second pack and 799 for the 2,500. That's exciting. The reason it's that price comes down to the same philosophy. One, we don't have dealers. We don't have reps. We don't have uh, anybody but the customer and us, so that certainly gives us a price advantage. But I think the bigger price advantage comes in how it's designed. It's designed for a higher production than most of the other products are. So now we're talking no longer about a monolight system, but power pack system, and I assume there's a ring flash to go along yes, with that? <laughs> there is. Actually, uh, this line is going to take us a bit of time to develop, but the first part of this line is the power pack and what we call the Zeus Ringmaster, which is a ring flash of the same capabilities as the Alien B, except, one, it handles 2,500 real watt seconds. It has brighter modeling lamps. It has eight little 20-watt uh, halogen lamps, and the 20-watt halogen lamps are voltage-regulated and operated a little higher voltage level than normally. 
So they produce about 300 watts worth of quartz light on the Zeus okay. version and about half of that on the LNB. So that's all in this ring flash, which again does not have the self-contained power supply, so it's actually smaller and lighter. It's about an inch less deep than the LNB version <laughs> and close to a pound lighter. So it's in the one, one and a half pound range. Oh, that's amazing. And it's actually shallower from front to back, so you can, you can get the camera lens into it a little easier, although it's not difficult with the ABR. And yeah. you've got the same situation. Uh, you've got your ring flash. Instead of a power cord coming from it, you've got a, a cord going down to the power pack. Now, can all of these systems use the same modifiers? And, and The things? two ring flash products are unique from the rest of the ALMBs and White Lightning product line because of the shape of them is totally different. Right. So their accessories are totally interchangeable between those two products, but they're not okay. between um, the ring flash and the standard ALMB or White Lightning light. So they don't use the same reflectors and softboxes and things. How about your uh, remote control the product? remote control is exactly the same. So they, they are wow. totally compatible as far as remote control and color temperature and recycle times and so forth. That's really exciting. It sounds like there's going to be an awful lot more guys experimenting with lights, is, is my prediction. <laughs> well, we think so. And, you know, our intention is not to go after this power pack portion of the marketplace, but I'm afraid the result is going to be we're going to be a, a player in that portion because of this product. Uh, The reason for this product really is, you know, we have sold the White Lightning X3200 for several years now, and it's actually a 1300 watt second mono light, but personally, I don't like it because it's reached the size and mass ratio that I'm not comfortable with sticking something that large up in a light stand up in the air. You can do it, but it makes more sense when you get, I think, above 600 watt seconds to start splitting it and, and put your power supply down at the base of your stand and, and keep your light upstairs lightweight. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's why I say its concept is a split mono unit. And that's what we hope most people will use it as. You want three lights, uh, you buy three power packs and three heads. It won't cost that much more than three mono, mono lights. Exactly. And then you have a backup in case something goes wrong, you would have the, the option of running two off a of one. Right. And, of course, you can run two heads from each of the power packs, and, and it will cost less, but you, you lose some control. of You don't have the, the uh, individual stepless ratio of each one. You have a basic ratio switch. So that's wow. kind of the philosophy. Very exciting well, stuff. Well, it's been leaked out for about a month, and it's been on some of the forums. And we are taking orders right now for the Alien Bees Ring Flash. Uh, we called them almost beta orders. We're taking right now about 200 orders for our first uh, limited production run. And that's going to sort of pigeonhole right into permanent production. But we, we didn't want to make the first units available to the whole world. We don't want them going over to Germany and then finding a bug and having to deal with it. So the so the first couple hundred units are only going to the U.S. There's still some available, and they're selling like hotcakes already. We're going to start shipping late next week. Oh, but great. we don't expect to be in a delay situation where you can't get them. Now, as far as the Zeus product, that's about a month behind the Alien Bees ring flash, so you're not going to see those for about six weeks yet. Okay. That wow. was going to be one of my next questions was, what do you anticipate in terms of availability with this once it, once it hits? Because I think it's just going to go through the roof. Well, it's kind of looking like that, and it's hard to predict because on one hand, it's a specialty product, but it's so in demand that, you know, we expect to do real well with it. But what I'd forecast right now is is if you ordered one today, it's going to take about a week and a half. We will probably slip into about a two-week shipping time, and then we'll ease it back up to shipping from stock. 
Wonderful. I'm going to go get my credit card. I'll be right back, Bill. Okay. <laughs> you were talking about with the ABR ring light and um, how shallow it is. And I'm sitting here in my basement studio right now. And when you were talking about using an overhead instead of a boom, I'm sitting there I'm thinking, wow, all these people that have low ceilings and things like that, all of a sudden you have a place to put an overhead softbox. Oh, uh, no, that's right. And as I say, the moon unit itself, the 30 inch, I think it weighs maybe five ounces. It's very, very lightweight. Wow. So even if we go up to a 50 or 60 inch, it's not going to get a lot deeper. It might get nine inches, um, nine to 10 inches total depth. And you compare that with a, you know, a 60 inch octobox with a light hanging out the back, you're talking three or four feet. Yeah, it definitely cuts and into your overhead. Fortunately, in the early design stages of this, I kind of visualized a ring flash as being a large light source rather than a small ring. So we, we did some experiments in just building a 30-inch or so diameter ring flash. And as a matter of fact, you've probably seen the, the Larson unit. They've done that uh, mm. with a big molded, I guess it's a fiberglass dish real huge and it's got four light units on the back and it accomplishes that but you can't put it on your camera you've got to put it on a big heavy duty stand so so that was yeah. in the desired concept from day one how how we did that is where the flash tube is there's a, a reflector that's used when you use the moon unit that bounces the light backwards so it comes wow. out of the flash tube and it bounces backwards into this umbrella it's difficult to do that with a conventional softbox just because of the geometry of the light source so it's, yeah. it, it was designed from day one to be able to do that. That's true. And this thing has a speed ring, too. So it's a speed ring. There's a little lock lever for your reflectors, for your accessories. You just unlock it, and you, you put this thing on the front, twist it on, and so it is a rotating speed ring as well. Man, what's going through my mind is a million different uses. I was just photographing some children today, and um, the little guys were running away from my umbrella constantly. And I just thought, man, if I could just have someone chasing them around with an umbrella. <laughs> so now this product comes to my mind for that exact application. There's just a million possibilities. And, you know, from a user standpoint, I'm going to let the photographers tell us how they want to use it. But, uh, you know, right. I know enough about photography to know what they're going to have in mind. But, uh, you know... We, we get these questions of, gee, isn't that going to be boring that there's no shadows and, and you get this one lighting look? And I say, no, that's not really the design intent. The design intent is if when you want that, it's available. But I expect people to see this ring flash with or without the moon unit on their camera, and it may be contributing maybe only a fourth of the total light. You're still going to use side lights to develop some modeling and some shadows and be creative. Absolutely. But, you know, I've done a good bit of product photography in my life, and uh, boy, it's it's marvelous for that. Because when you when you shoot a product, you want even lighting, and you don't want shadows. So, boy, you just pop that thing on there and take the picture, and you've got it. Wonderful. Again, with the ability to control the light size and softness of the light source, if you want harsh direct lighting, you use it directly. But if you say are shooting some equipment with some chrome surfaces and some knobs and things on it, you're not going to want harsh lighting but you still don't want shadow. So you put the moon unit on it, and, and, and bingo, you got what you want. I can't wait to try this product out. Without a doubt, it sounds like the most exciting thing I've seen in a long time. We do have a PDF file on both of these products that if they want to uh, write in to info at Alien Bees or call in our 800 number, 1-800-443-5542, we'll send them out the PDF file. And it has some pictures of the ring flash and a pretty good description of everything and the prices and everything. That's terrific. 
And uh, we will, I guess, keep an eye on the Alien Bees website. Yeah, uh, it will probably not show up on the website for about a month and probably won't show up in the ads for about two months because uh, there's you know, a pretty good preparation time in the advertising. And honestly, we developed so much buzz for this. Now, we're not going to suddenly jump in and make big promotional efforts on it. That That's going to sort of develop over time. Very good. Well, thanks for sharing your exciting news with us on the air here, Paul. We really appreciate you coming on again and, and chatting with us. And I'm sure that most of our listeners are very, very excited, just like Ed and I are about this product. So uh, we want to want to wish you absolutely the best uh, with the release it's of it. It's always a pleasure for me. And, you know, I'll come on anytime you want. But congratulations to you, by the way, on your one-year anniversary. Oh, thanks, thanks Paul. <laughs> You know, this is our one-year anniversary, Ed. We have to do something cool to celebrate. How about this? Why don't we do a little round of rapid-fire questioning? With who? Well, with each other. Oh, okay, cool. Well, since we didn't ask Paul any rapid-fire questions at the end of the interview, I think it's appropriate. What do you think? Sure. Yeah, let's do that. Who wants to go first? Um, ooh, 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 me. Okay. <laughs> I got the easy one, I, the, the, the starter for all of them. Film or digital? Digital. Uh, what's your favorite magazine? No, PDN. Okay. Telephoto or wide angle? Telephoto. Uh, wrong answer. Well, you didn't give me the choice, which I, I uh, prefer, like, the 50 millimeter ranges. I was going to say I stayed away from your 50. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. How about favorite subject to shoot? Even though it doesn't pay well or anything like that, kind of like the sports and the cycling. Really? Yeah. I, it, it's kind of what originally captured my interest, and I don't know. I, I always like coming back to it. That's cool. Uh, let's see here. Dream location to photograph in. Oh, I get the hard one. Well, I think my dream location, this is going to sound cheesy, but I like shooting in studios. So my dream location would be like a completely decked out studio. <laughs> Photo digital in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. A place where I could have ultimate control and just play with modifiers all day and uh, that sort of thing. So it's no exotic island or anything, although that would be my second choice. I was going to say, you could always, you could always say an, an amazing, well-equipped studio on Maui. On an exotic island. There we go. <laughs> All right, I'll take that. I'll change my answer just, just enough. Uh, here's one for you, Ed. Oh, no. Tell our audience something about you that they definitely don't know. They definitely don't know? Yeah. Well, let's see. They probably don't know that I used to be a professional motorcycle racer. <laughs> I was hoping you'd bring that up. <laughs> I wasn't awesome. a pro that like you know made a living or anything, but I was I was racing on some of the the pro circuits and I made it to the expert level and pretty much went about as far as I was going to make it and decided that my career was more important and starting a family and kind of hung up my helmet. That's awesome. But you're riding again. I'm riding. I'm still riding. Actually, I'm renewed riding this summer, but I, I took a pretty long hiatus from it. Cool. Hmm, that was a good one. I I didn't know we had that one. <laughs> All right, your most memorable photo project. Oh, wow. The one that came to my mind immediately might not be, like, the most memorable, but it was definitely the most surreal. Like, it was one of the first times I ever did a portrait session for hire. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was on location, so, you know, there's the energy. You're not sure what the place is going to be like, what, what the lighting is going to be like, and uh, did I bring the right gear? You know, am I going to look like an idiot? And I, I just sort of showed up and set things up. And I don't know, I got in the zone and everything clicked and it went just great. And I just remember like driving home afterward thinking that was awesome. You know, so it was, it was one of those situations. I think that's yeah. 
Yeah, I've never had that happen to me. No, I'm just kidding. You've never had that happen to me? No, I have. I I know exactly what you're saying. You know, like, time goes by, and you look down, and you've taken, like, 200 images, and and you're like, wow, that was cool. (laughs) So, uh, can I ask you the same question? Ah, most memorable. Um, Well, I'd probably say that one of my most memorable is one that stands out in recent memory, and that was a, a photo session I did with two models that I met on model mayhem and we just did a, a you know a little impromptu evening shoot in in harrisburg here there's a river that divides uh, the two shores and in the center of it is an island that's a recreational area so we met there with the two models and did a shoot and used a lot of uh, portable power with the alien bees outside at sunset and uh, some of the colors just matched really really well with the model's complexion uh, they were very professional very very used to being in front of the camera very little need to direct them. It was it was almost like, all right, this is what I'm looking to do, and they just kind of like went to it. Um, I actually had a photo assistant on the uh, helping me with the lights and getting them in position, and, and uh, it was just really cool. It, it was like I felt like a I felt like a pro pro models. I have you know someone that understands lighting you know here helping me, and so that's probably one that stands out recently. Yeah, the mood was great. The lighting, you know, the sky was great. The city, just location. So, yeah, it was it was fun. It was really cool. But that was cool. That was neat to do it these with uh with each other. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think so. Well, that's all we have for this episode of Light Source, the brightest podcast on the internet. Be sure to check out the show notes at studiolighting.net for the things that we talked about on today's show. And there you can also find links about our photography and keep up with the stuff that we've been shooting. And don't forget you can send us feedback or questions about the show to studiolighting at gmail.com. And we'll try to answer those questions on the show or in the lighting questions section on studiolighting.net. You can also get feedback on your photography in our Flickr group, which is at www.flickr.com slash groups slash light source. Till next time. Take care. Check out this show and more great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com. photocastnetwork.com.